You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. This program is a paid commercial announcement from Jacob Media Partners and does not reflect the views of WPHT or its management. This is Women to Watch. To rise above all of the noise and fulfill every last one of your dreams. Women to Watch, sharing the real stories of the most accomplished women in the world. It is for those frightened children who want peace. It is for those voiceless children who want change. Be inspired by women from across the globe who are encouraging more women to pursue their dreams. True philanthropy comes from living from the heart of yourself and giving what you have been given. Now, Women to Watch. Here's your host, Sue Rocco. Good evening, everyone, and welcome back to another week of Women to Watch here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. So happy to be back in the studio uh, this evening with a very special guest who's joining us by phone from Canada. Her name is Charlene Doke-Gebauer. And Charlene is the founder and chair of Internet Sense First, an organization that educates parents on the dangers of predators on the Internet. Uh, she is also an author and a speaker, and we're going to be talking to her in just a moment. You'll also hear from our watch team of contributors bringing you news and information from their industries in health, technology, education, leadership, diversity, and finance, um, and education. So be sure to stay with us during the breaks uh, to hear from those contributors. And if you want to connect with me or any member of our team, feel free to go to womentowatch.net and be sure to sign up for our monthly newsletter. That is women2watch.net, N-E-T. So now I'd love to welcome to the show Charlene Doka Bauer. Charlene, hi. Hi, hi Susan. Thank you so much uh, for joining me and taking the time out of a travel day that I know um, you're you're doing. Tell me, tell me where you are and what you're up to. Well, I'm in Toronto, Ontario, Canada, right now, and I have been speaking with member of Parliament that could help get my theory of digital supervision a little more action in Canada for protection of children online and that's full meeting. Okay. Um, I we have a lot to talk about and I, I wanna kind of find out how you know, how you were led to do this work. And I understand you uh, you were born and raised in Canada in what you describe as a firm but loving family, the youngest of five girls. Describe for me a little bit about your your childhood. Well, I'm an identical twin, and we there are five girls in the family. Our family um, was very active in civic affairs. My mother and father, my father was a professor at the university, and my mother 
um, earned her doctorate for her contribution to the arts in the province of New Brunswick. We had a lot of fun as a family, very musical. Uh, We used to have sing songs and that sort of thing. And when I say firm, I mean that there were expectations, but a tremendous amount of love and hugs. And when you have that type of upbringing, you tend to fulfill a lot of your goals and have the confidence you need to do them. It sounds to me as if you were um, more than um, just doing entertainment, you know, kind of as family fun. Did you ever consider going into that field? In entertaining? Yes. Well, my twin sister and I used to sing and play guitar together on TV and radio. And uh, what ended that was she got married. (laughs) (laughs) And she left you you stranded. Yeah, I wasn't going to go solo. (laughs) (laughs) TV and radio there in Canada? Yes. Yeah. Oh, that must have been fun. It Uh, was. um, So let's let's go right to... um, your learning about a family member uh, that was victimized online. First of all, how old were you when that happened? Uh, she was four years old. How old were you when you learned of it? Oh, gosh, this was about, um, oh, my goodness, uh, 35, maybe. Okay. Yeah, I don't, I can't remember because uh, no one's ever asked me that. They've asked me how old she was. Okay. And as a victim, she was four years old. Now, explain to me how um, at four they were able to get her information. Well, she was playing with their children. And what I tell uh, audiences when I'm speaking is that it's not just the child that is groomed. And grooming means that the predator is going to bring someone on side with them and trust them and uh, her parents trusted them and then after a while her behavior started changing and a few things were said that I won't get into particulars about that indicated something wasn't going right and from that it um, everything came around and they started realizing that she was being victimized and I try to tell them and everyone that a whole family is victimized when there is predation involved. Tell me about that, Charlene. I I, I read that, that you said it really does affect every member of a family. In what ways? The the protective instinct for children, the feeling that what if, how could this have been avoided? Why would we trust people? Because we all trusted everyone involved. And when a, when a child is victimized like this, the child has an awful lot to deal with, but so does the family because of their feeling of how could we have avoided it? And when I'm speaking, I tell everyone, um, you cannot flog yourself over it because a predator is going to groom everyone in the family to trust them unless it is a private online chat, which this was not. Okay, and that that is what I wanted you to clarify. So there are situations where young people are online and they are being exploited, and then there are instances where children are being um, victimized by another member of the family or a friend or someone that is left in the care of someone else. Yes. Okay. I want to read a quote um, that was 
you know, it's it's kind of alarming. Um, you said that this generation is being exposed to more violence, pornography, and hate than any other generation in the history of the world. Um, yeah. I wonder, for, for those who do not have any experience in this or knowledge of it, um, when you're out there in the world and, and doing your talks and, and speaking to people, and, and we'll talk about your book as well, mm-hmm. are you finding it difficult to get people to understand the severity of it and how prevalent it is? Yes. Unfortunately, uh, the phrase I hear an awful lot is that parents say that the screen is a great babysitter. Mm. And that uh, is a problem because predators know that as well. And uh, parents, uh, the children are allowed to go free on the Internet, and they are being exposed to uh, violent behaviors, uh, pornography, and so on. And parents really don't know. They're not supervising their children. And uh, I've developed a theory of digital supervision, which comes in three parts. Awareness, method, and hope. Awareness is key. Because parents need to start being aware of how much exposure their children are receiving to the negative parts of the Internet. Method is, how do you do it? And hope, yes, we can. Okay, Charlene, we're going to take a break, and I want to um, dive into that a little bit more when we come back. Stay with us. You're listening to Women to Watch. And up next is our CEO Watch with Dawn Zier and our Leadership Watch with Holly Dowling. We'll be right back. Women to Watch, CEO Watch. Hi, I'm Dawn Zier, CEO of Nutrisystem with today's CEO Watch. As a leader, setting a deliberate culture should be your first priority. Over the last few weeks, we talked about creating a facts-based culture. We discussed the importance of F, which is focus, A, which is accountability, and C, which is customer centricity. Today, we move to T, which talks to the importance of teamwork. A couple of weeks ago, I talked about the importance of a performance-based culture where people are rewarded for their contributions. It's important to know, though, that this does not mean that everyone is in it for themselves. No one can operate in a silo and achieve sustained success. Success requires group and often cross-functional collaboration, or to put it simply, teamwork. One of the first things I did when I came to Nutrisystem was to conduct an engagement survey to gain insights on what was and wasn't working within the company. What I discovered was that we operated in silos and that there was a lack of teamwork, clear accountabilities, and ownership. Marketing and supply chain were not talking to each other, and our contact center might as well have been on another planet because no one from management spoke with them. We worked hard and over time were able to change the culture and break down these silos. This started with having team meetings on key deliverables where the people that needed to be in the room across all functions were included. Follow-ups were assigned and deliverables were monitored. We encouraged open discussions rather than closed-door meetings after the meeting, and cross-functional expertise was recognized and respected. Now, teamwork gets more complex across divisions and in matrixed organizations. And in these instances, the breakdown often starts at the top. Why? Well, that's because leaders generally like to own things. In highly matrix situations, leaders often find themselves in situations where they don't have direct authority, but have to exhibit leadership through influence and those softer skills. More on that in the coming weeks. The key takeaway from today is that you're not only accountable to yourself, you're equally accountable to others, and that sustained success is a collective win, not a solo one. 
Thanks, everyone. I'm Dawn Zier of Nutrisystem. I look forward to talking with you again next Sunday evening. Have a great week. Do you have a financial advisor who you trust that looks at you as more than just a number? At the Foley Hillsley Group, that person is Kristen Hillsley. Kristen's team has a different approach to managing your wealth called the Panorama Process. This unique process helps you obtain your financial goals easily because it's more than just investments, it's about you. To learn more, visit their website at fhbaird.com or call 610-238-6636. The Foley Hillsley Group is affiliated with Robert W. Baird & Company, Incorporated Member SIPC. Log on to fhbaird.com to learn more. That's fhbaird.com. So if you need a financial advisor you can trust, call Kristen Hillsley at 610-238-6636. That's 610-238-6636. Hi, everybody. Holly Dowling here with your Leadership Watch and a dose of inspiration. I am so excited today to throw this word out there. Are you ready? Who are your balcony people? Have you thought about that? Do you have balcony people? You see, most of us, actually all human beings, have balcony people. We just haven't put intentional thought around who are those people. So I'm going to give you a visual. If you were to think about your life, and you were to think about looking up at a balcony, who are the people when you think of who's been there for you, whether it was as a young person, maybe it goes back to a childhood, maybe it was in higher education in college or high school, and maybe it's been since then. Who are the people in your life that have been on your balcony that are you look up and are always there cheering you on, putting their arms out to you to lift you up, maybe during times of despair or times when you've been really down on yourself and you had no confidence. Who are the balcony people that when you think of have always been to inspire you, empower you, encourage you, and always be your number one cheerleader? And the challenge I want to ask you is make a list of your balcony people. Make it now. Don't wait. And when you do, let them know Please, it's the greatest gift you can give someone is the gift of letting them know that they have inspired you, believed in you, and write them a letter, send them an email, make a phone call, whatever you do, let someone know. And by the way, how about you thinking about, are you on the balcony for other people? And as a leader of others, I would hope and pray that you are every day thinking about the people in your life and how can you be their greatest inspiration, their encourager, and be their balcony person. Love to hear from you. Please reach out to me at hollydowling.com. This is Women to Watch with Sue Rocco. Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. I'm talking this evening with Charlene Doke Bauer, a speaker and author and the founder of Internet, excuse me, Internet Sense First and um, Charlene, before we talk about your your theory of digital supervision, I want to go back um, uh, for a minute and talk about your um, your college years. You went off to college and uh, had an interest in computer science, and you graduated from the University of California. What was oh. your is that is no? That, I've been to four universities. To four, okay. Yes. I, um, I, I did my undergraduate degree in New Brunswick. 
I studied computer science at the University of Western Ontario. I got my honors business specialist at the University of Toronto, and I studied some um, a couple of courses in women in leadership at the University of California. Okay, okay, I got my facts wrong, um, <laughs> but I think there's irony in your, you know, getting a, a degree um, in computer science and then the work that you're doing today. What, when you were younger, what was your goal with that degree? What were you hoping to do? Well, it's an honors BBA with computer science, and I became a teacher. I became a qualified teacher. And I was teaching computers and managing a computer network. So that was my ultimate goal since I was about nine years old was to teach. And I ended up in computer science out of interest. Tell me, how did your experience as a high school teacher um, assist you with the development of digital supervision? Communicating with uh, students and managing a professional proxy server taught me an awful lot about the effect of um, filters and how students can get around them and speaking to families and their frustration with the protection of their children online. It all started pointing towards um, thinking of doing something to help my family get out of what had happened to my family member. But all of my experience came to fold and it, it, it all came together that I could develop the theory of digital supervision, sitting at a computer writing a book. So I, I want to know, you, the, um, there was a time when you were working as a computer specialist, and um, you discovered this, the child pornography, and you state that, you know, you were traumatized by that. Yes. So how did you move past that um, feeling of being traumatized, the awareness of this horrific uh, things that go on to children and move into action? Well, I have a tremendous compassion for children. And to see little three- and four-year-old children in positions with predators uh, was very traumatizing for me. I did need therapy, and I proudly tell everyone I had therapy because of my compassion. And after realizing what it did to me, I started realizing what it had done to my family member and to all victims. And I thought something has to be done that is proactive to protect children, but also to help victims. We raise money for victims of child pornography so that they can have the therapy they need. And this is how it all just started coming. I can remember sitting at the computer thinking of ideas. What, what can I do to help my family? What can I do to help me? And by doing something positive, I turned a huge negative into a positive. Because can, when this started, I couldn't have talked about this without crying. I bet. I bet. Are, are you able to, to uh, talk about what happened to your family member? Yes. Uh, she was victimized at the age of four and was um, became very challenged with emotionally through her life. And um, at the age of 22, was killed by a drunk driver. So I started the charity in memory of her and in support of all victims. <laughs> Sorry. That's okay. This is a... 
This is a very, very tough topic. Um, And I think that, you know, once you get through the therapy that you talked about, nobody can um, go through something like this and not be uh, not be changed emotionally. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It has been reduced. Like I've I've I have my moments, which I just did. And I apologize. That's okay. um, That's a real moment. um, That's okay. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And um, it's as I said, if you have a compassion for children, you you can't see those pictures. I don't know how police do it in that line of work. I I don't know. Yes, I don't know. Um, and And when I think about you, Charlene, in the work that you're doing, I Gosh, I I have such respect for you because you're continuing to have to address um, what's happening, but you have somehow found the strength to um, just, as I said before, do something very actionable. Because once you, you know, have gotten to a place where you're emotionally okay, you know, um, what can be done? What can be done? So tell us more about this, your theory of digital supervision. Break down those three um, steps for the listeners. Okay. Uh, Just awareness is huge. Uh, Parents don't realize, and a lot of professionals are not aware of what is going on out there. I have been researching for five years, and there's epidemics of children addicted to pornography epidemics of children doing self-exploitive pictures, taking pictures, nudes of themselves, and sending them to boyfriends and friends. And then we they get into emotional isolation and thoughts of suicide because of it. If parents were practicing, they would catch on to this far sooner. That's the awareness part. And then method is to do this. And I'll share with the listeners one thing I tell everyone. You need to have your router in the parental bedroom. Too often, people don't realize once they provide the gateway to the internet, they're starting a lot of responsibilities that they aren't really prepared for. If that router is at least in the parental bedroom, it can be turned off at night. Mm, yes. Watch out for any unsecured <clears throat> routers in the area. Right. But you're also telling your children who's in control because right now, most of the children are in control of the internet in their homes. Parents must be in control. That's right. We're going to take another break, Charlene. Um, We'll be right back. Stay with us for our Health Watch with Dr. Marianne Ritchie and our Finance Watch with Fortis Wealth. We'll be right back. Now, the women to watch. Health Watch. For Health Watch, I'm Dr. Marianne Ritchie. Tonight, I'd like to share an experience I had recently. I was a teenage sun worshiper. Though completely Irish, I get really tan. All of my sisters burned, but not I. Never had to worry. I'd go to the beach, get on the rotisserie, cook the front for four hours, then the back for four hours. Now it's time to pay the piper. After finding a little bump on the far side of my cheek, just in front of my ear, my dermatologist took a sample and found it was basal cell cancer, the most common cancer found in Caucasians. Then I had a Mohs procedure. It's a great way to completely remove cancer tissue without damaging the normal tissue around it because the dermatologist takes a little tissue at a time, looks under the microscope, and when they get to normal cells, they stop cutting. The Mohs procedure is commonly used to treat basal cell and squamous cell skin cancers. These are usually from sun exposure, especially during childhood. You know the drill, avoid direct sun between 10 in the morning and 4 p.m. 
use at least a number 30 sunscreen, and say no to tanning booths that really increase your risk for melanoma, including melanoma of the eyes. If you have a lump or bump over a patch of rough skin that doesn't heal or a mole that's itchy, painful, or bleeding, see your doctor. Read about these common cancers. Basal cell, B-A-S-A-L, and squamous, S-Q-U-A-M-O-U-S, skin cancers. Then, if your doctor finds a skin cancer, ask about the Mohs procedure. That's M-O-H-S. Read about them. Look at the pictures. And remember, Divas, next Saturday, March 2, the Pink Plus Symposium at Jefferson. Hear about breast, colon, gynecology, and lung cancers and genetic testing. Call 215-503-9531. Come up and say hello to me if you're a regular listener. 215-503-9531. Since 1858, Mount St. Joseph Academy has been educating girls to be leaders, founders, and independent thinkers. Students are taught to be collaborative, courageous, compassionate, confident, and spiritual. In this student-centered environment, the young women are transformed by recognizing their own potential and are encouraged to use it to make a difference in the world. To learn more about Mount St. Joseph Academy, go to www.msjacad.org or call 215-233-3177. That's msjacad.org or 215-233-3177. Introducing Pathways Consulting Group, a company that will align your IT needs with your business goals. Pathways is a full-service ServiceNow partner. What does that mean? It's simple. Pathways will collaborate and design, develop, and deploy solutions for your company today that will define tomorrow. Pathways will provide world-class enterprise service management solutions. Pathways Consulting Group. They listen. They care. They execute. Go to PathwaysCG.com. That's PathwaysCG.com. If you believe that family, charity, or money is deeply important for the greater good, Fortis Wealth and you to a highly personalized financial discovery process to help you visualize your financial legacy. It's not for everyone, but if you're willing to invest the time and thought, they can offer advice and strategies to help you accomplish your dreams. Fortis Advisors is a wholly owned subsidiary of Fortis Wealth, an investment advisor registered with the Securities and Exchange Commission. Visit Fortis-Wealth.com today because tomorrow is waiting. The Women to Watch Finance Watch. Hi, this is Terry, And this is Christina. And we're from Fortis Wealth. Some of our clients are concerned about estate taxes. Should they be? If you're referring to the federal estate tax, probably not. Under current law, if you have assets that total $11.4 million in 2019, double that amount for a married couple, the excess could be subject to estate tax. But according to the Joint Committee of Taxation, less than 2,000 families in the U.S. are affected. But then the current law is scheduled to expire in 2025. The exemption amount could be reduced or the tax eliminated altogether. We just can't predict that. But there are other types of transfer costs that affect a lot more people. Can you give some examples? Sure. Even for small estates, some states impose an estate tax. Some, like Pennsylvania, have an inheritance tax. And there are a few states that impose both. Then there's the cost of probate or proving a will, which also varies by state. If someone dies without a will, it can be even more complicated and costly. What about a revocable trust? A revocable trust can provide privacy and avoid probate, but it doesn't save taxes. And one of the problems we've seen, especially among senior citizens of moderate means, is that they pay to have a a trust put in place and then go no further. 
In order for the trust to work, assets have to be retitled to the trust before death. I've heard some people say they will just give their assets away while they're alive, so there will be nothing to tax. Well, they should seek professional advice before going down that path. The U.S. also has a gift tax for transfers made while you're alive. Please consult with a qualified attorney or advisor before making large transfers. Another area to be very careful about is making gifts so that you can qualify for Medicaid for long-term care. There are very strict look-back rules, and it's not inconceivable, especially in a state like Pennsylvania, that children will be responsible for repaying Medicaid dollars after a parent passes away. Ouch. I'm glad we had this talk. This is Terry. This is Christina. Peace out. You're listening to Women to Watch with Sue Rocco. Sue Rocco on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. I'm talking to Charlene Doke-Gebauer this evening, a very tough subject about children who are exploited and um, both through family members, friends, and the Internet. And just before the break, Charlene, you had mentioned the importance of parents keeping the router in their bedroom, right, right. so that they're in charge. Um, tell me about the, uh, the new router that is being developed in Canada. We have a, a router that uh, they're using artificial intelligence for. And I normally would say that routers are fairly ineffective, but this company is working together with me, the charity, and themselves. And we believe that digital supervision and their router made by Atom Networks is inter interdependent. We need the router and we need the digital supervision because routers can only go so far for supervising our children you and know, blocking them. Yes, Yes. Um, let's talk about the third step of um, theory of digital supervision, hope. What does that mean to you? Too many parents come up to me, some in tears, saying, we don't know what to do with our children. They know more than we do. And I will tell them from teaching experience that these children know how to text, sext, game, social media. But parents can do this. My theory of digital supervision is user-friendly. I've written it in a way that parents have told me they understand it. I've been very careful for that. So that's where the hope is. We can do this. We need to. Can, can we talk about your book for a moment? Um, in 2016, you were encouraged by, I believe, a friend? Yes. Right? Or a colleague yes. Yes. Uh, to write the book. And it's mm -hmm. called Digital Sexual Victims, True Cases. Right. Uh, I would love to know, you know, why you wanted to write the book. And then if there is one particular case that um, has had impact on you more than an, an, another. Um, well, I wrote the book. A friend of mine said, Charlene, you need to protect your intellectual property. It's time to write a book. And I said, I've never written a book. And she said, you type 90 words a minute, sit down and write. And I did. And so digital sexual, sexual victims came into being. The true stories of, uh, that I've written in the book are the full story of my family experience and then my experience as a network administrator discovering child pornography. And it, uh, it was horrendous. I can't write. Right, you mean the process of writing it. Right. Yes, yes. Yeah. But it... it it's given me a lot of satisfaction. It was nominated for an international award through the Delta Kappa Gamma Society of Educators. So I didn't get the award, but you want to believe I tell everyone I was nominated. 
Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that just as good, just as it good, is. acknowledging it. Um, you in it was 2014 that you founded the charity. Yes. Can you tell me, um, what, do you know the statistics about what's happening in this arena in the U.S.? Some- Most of the statistics I have are from the U.S. From uh, 2007 to 2015, Thorne in the United States uh, studied pictures and videos, and they determined by 2015 that these pictures and videos had increased by 5,000%. And this is four years after that. Uh, The internet has caused an explosion of this type of crime, unfortunately. And when I give people those statistics, they go, are you kidding me? And I tell them it's in everyone's backyard. Mm. There are people doing it and people don't know. There are professors, uh, doctors, teachers. Every walk of life can be involved in this. I'm not pointing my finger at all, but there is no discretion here. There's there's no way of dividing it up. Do you it's think huge. do you think that the discussions, um, the awareness should be a part of um, curriculum, the the education should should this be something that's talked about in school, or or should it be left to the parents? I think it should be done by everyone. Um, I do know that as a teacher, though, that students will not listen to their parents. They don't listen to their teacher because they all want to get off with doing something. The police have a gun and a unit. But I find if I educate parents about this and talk to students, they listen because of my personal experience. But if parents in their homes started practicing digital supervision, their children would be looked after and there would be knowledge that their parents might find out what they're doing. Right now, the children are far too independent. I've never seen kids have such a free-for-all in the history of the world. Mm. Um, I understand you're going to be writing a second book, Charlene. Yes. and what I, will... It's just going to be called Digital Supervision. Okay. And it will be out. I am just about halfway through, and it will be edited soon. And I'm hoping to have it out by October. Okay. We're going to take one last break. When we come back, I want to talk about the charity and and what types of things you're doing and who's supporting you. You're listening to Women to Watch. Stay with us for our Tech Watch with Mary Manzo and Diversity with Hanadi Shahabuddin. We'll be right back. This is the Women to Watch Diversity Watch. Peace be upon you all. This is Hanadi with your weekly diversity segment. There is something about counting our blessings that keeps our hearts fuzzy and warm. We take too many things for granted that we cringe when we do not get something that we badly want. When we keep our eyes focused on the gifts we have in life, we end up having a happy heart, and it becomes easier for us to connect with the one that sent them down. Dedicated Muslims continuously count their blessings, basic ones like food, shelter, and fresh air, and minute ones, or the blessings that are considered luxury. In every cycle of the five daily prayers, there is an opportunity to count and recount our blessings. This keeps Muslims present to the love and generosity of the Creator. It's a way to show gratitude and consequently be in a state of contentment. It's also an essential reason to keep those gifts coming. 
quote, And when your Lord declared, If you are grateful, I will surely bestow more favors on you. End quote. That was the verse in chapter 14 in the Quran. The more thankful we are, the more likely we are to get more. Twinned with being thankful to God is being thankful to parents, remembering the good things and overlooking any shortcomings in the process. This is an essential practice for Muslims and was clearly mentioned right after being thankful to God. In other words, it's considered ungratefulness to God if Muslims undermine parents' efforts or mention what they did wrong. Focusing on what people did not do to us causes grudges and remembering what we're missing brings sadness. A spiritual coach once said, never forget a favor and never mention a harm. I find that causing the best version of myself. Today's prophetic ethic is being grateful. It is the key to happiness. I sure am so grateful for many, many things, and among those things is the opportunity to share my prophetic ethics with you on this program. So, thank you, Sue. Till next week, connect with me on HanadiSpeaksOut.com. Who is Holly Dowling? Holly is a dynamic keynote speaker and inspirational thought leader. You see what we have the ability to do and the power we have. You hold the power for good. Each and every one of us can do something. Holly has inspired millions around the world, including over 500,000 executives, and her show is listened to in 87 countries. Now we're going to spend 25 minutes on your areas of opportunity. Listen to our internationally acclaimed podcast, A Celebration of You, Holly Dowling, empowering those who can change the world. HollyDowling.com. Now, the women to watch. Tech Watch. Hi, I'm Mary Manto of Pathways Consulting Group. Because my daughter doesn't itemize her deductions, doesn't have children or major deductible expenses, e-filing her taxes is perfect. A few years ago, we decided to try e-filing her taxes through one of the major online tax preparation firms. The first year we did it, it was a little challenging. But fast forward to this year, the process to file her taxes online took us no time at all. There are many advantages to e-filing if you're in my daughter's situation. That's why last year, over 126 million U.S. tax filers e-filed their own tax returns, and over 85 million taxpayers received their tax refund via direct deposit right from the IRS into their bank accounts. So if you are going to do e-file, I highly recommend that if you can, set up a bank account prior to starting the e-file process. When filing online, it's easy to avoid human error and mistakes because much of the software used automatically populates much of the information you typically would enter in manually. Data shows that e-file tax returns are more accurate than paper returns. Also, when you e-file, most U.S. states allow taxpayers to e-file their federal and state tax returns simultaneously. That's a huge time saver. Even if you think you owe money, you can still use online filing. If you do have itemized deductions or have more complex returns that are prepared by a professional tax services firm, find out if that firm uses e-file. This could save you considerable money and provide a faster return. Things to be cautious about? Even though the IRS has really stepped up its game in safeguarding taxpayers' personal financial data, hackers are still on the prowl. So ensure that you investigate the e-file agency you choose thoroughly and look for reviews and ratings about the agency. The deadline to e-file is midnight, April 15th. If you'd like more information on this topic, email me at mary at pathwayscg.com. Now more of Women to Watch with Sue Rocco. Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. 
Charlene, I know that you do a lot of speaking. Is it across the country? Is it in Canada only? Is it international? Where have you been taking um, your talks? I've spoken in Canada, the United States, Iceland. And uh, it's all new information to any audience I speak speak. And and if someone's listening and, and wants to bring you to their organization, have you are you speaking mostly at schools? Um, what types of groups are you speaking in front of? I speak to any type of group, actually, corporate, um, educators, schools, churches, uh, pretty well anybody that wants to hear about this and are really concerned about their children. Yes. And right. Families are families are everywhere. I think one of the reasons we were just kind of talking in the break a little bit, it's such a heavy, heavy subject. And Mm -hmm. I think that sometimes people feel if they don't talk about it, they're not having to think about it. What would you say to those people? Well, it's called the ostrich game. And Unfortunately, and I get that, parents parents are all doing a good job. And I make that very clear when I speak. The digital age has come upon us very, very quickly. We need to catch up. I'm not saying people aren't parenting well. I'm saying we need to add digital supervision to our parenting. And that's the biggest problem. I think we're all oppositional defiant, as it's speaking like a teacher. No one wants to be told they need to do something. But when it comes to protecting our children, I believe that everyone listens once they realize and have the awareness of the magnitude of the problem. Mm. I'd love to, to, um, to, you know, talk about some positive things that are going on. And um, I know there's people that support um, your charity. Tell me about the two musicians who are going to be um, donating or creating a song. Is it? We have, uh, we've had a lot of interest in the charity, and one musician from Fredericton, New Brunswick, Frank Davis, is an award, award-winning musician who wrote a song about my family, and people can hear it on the website for the charity. It's a beautiful song, and I present it when the audience is appropriate. There's another musician from Barcelona, Spain, Rolkoff, his name is. He is a survivor of being a victim. He mm-hmm. has written a song seven years long, which people can hear on YouTube. And he is going to be helping me, I believe, doing a slideshow that we're hoping to show in theaters. Totally appropriate. But um, getting awareness out there about digital supervision, about the charity and what we're doing. So these two musicians um, deserve an awful lot of credit because that's a huge donation to a charity. But we say... With Frank, we're saving children across Canada, and with Rolkoff, we're saving children across the ocean. Mm. The, so um, the the website, so people know, is internetsensefirst.com. Is yes. that correct? And what when they go there, what kinds of things will they see? They're going to see a lot of information about the charity and what we do. Um, we're thinking of putting up some videos on the on the website. But as I was telling you, sometimes people think they've heard it all and they know everything that's going on. But there is so much going on of the awareness that people need to know about that um, they'll learn more about that as time goes on. 
Are there any, do you have any special events coming up that you want to mention? Yes, we're having a big event in the fall in uh, London, Ontario, and it will be a fundraising event. We have a children's entertainer, David Carruthers, he's amazing, and uh, a ventriloquist. We believe in our charity events, it's a charity for children, and our children are always welcome. Forget the babysitter, bring your kids. Mm -hmm. Uh, Charlene, uh, again, when I think about um, the work that you do, I wonder how you, you know, kind of get through your day to day. Um, Life can be hard. And when you are faced with the kind of work that you're doing, what is your philosophy? What is your mantra? What keeps you um, focused and upbeat, I'll say, hopeful? What works for you? I, people tell me that I've changed a negative into a positive in my life. And that keeps me upbeat. The time I get down is if I feel as though I'm not getting out there enough. People will praise me and say, Charlene, you're, you're doing such good. And I'll say, I have bitten the baby toe off an elephant. There is so much more to do. So when I go to bed at night, if I haven't done anything for the charity, or getting the word out, I get a little down on myself. So my day is always being positive and doing what I can to get the word out to protect our children, because these are all of our children. And how about advice for someone who, who may be listening and is wanting to um, start their own charity? Because people have um, all different causes, and I think it is it takes a lot of courage to do that. Mm-hmm. I would say courage, but a strong determination. Uh, I, I tell people, and they probably hear in my voice, I'm very determined. And I started the charity with that determination. But you have to make sure there is a need for your charity. I researched and made sure there was no duplication of what we are doing. And with digital supervision, there's there's no du- duplication. So that gives you the satisfaction that people will support you because it is a new concept. But if you have something that you've, a tragedy or something you want to make a difference, you get that determination in your heart and research and go from there. Have you partnered with any other groups or organizations that are working directly with you? No organizations. We just recently have partnered with a company in Canada called Nerds On Site and Adam Networks, because when they heard about my theory of digital supervision, they believed that their artificial intelligence filter should be interdependent with digital supervision, and I totally agreed. Terrific. So we're working very well together. Very good. Charlene, I thank you so much for sharing your story with us. It's a very important work that you're doing, and I wish you continued success. Thank you so much for having me, Susan. I very much appreciate it. That's it, everyone, for another week of Women to Watch. Thank you so much to our sponsors and advertisers for helping me to bring you the real story behind her title here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Have a great week, everyone. This program is a paid commercial announcement and in no way represents the views of WPHT or its management.
Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.